Happy Easter, happy Resurrection Sunday. He is risen. And it is so great to be together. I want to welcome those of you that perhaps have not been here for a long time, or maybe you've never been to our church before. We're especially grateful that you chose to come here today, or maybe somebody drug you to church. You got a drug problem today, so they drug you to church. We're so glad that you came to church. Would you give it up for all those that came to attend in each of our locations? Yes. Yes. Big shout out to Maple Grove, Elk River, Lakeville, those joining online in Spring Lake Park as well. It is great to be together as a church family. And uh, I, I, I know that it's a happy Resurrection Sunday, and God does things in us that flow out of us. I'm especially grateful for your generosity partnering with Feed My Starving Children, our Kingdom Builders Project today, to feed people in a refugee camp on the other side of the world. Man, give it up for all the generous people around you. So grateful for each and every one. There's great hope here today because of the cross. The cross was the turning point of history, the crux of history. Jesus who had lived a sinless life, was crucified on Friday, and he was given a sentence of death by crucifixion. His body was whipped and beaten, and he wore a crown of thorns and was forced to carry a heavy wooden cross. And late in the afternoon, he cried out, it is finished. And he died. Finished, meaning that his mission to conquer the final enemy, death, and to take the sins of the whole world on himself was done. He had succeeded. He had, he had to die to take our sin. He was nailed to the cross. And Jesus, for all times, became our champion on the cross. Colossians 2, verse 13. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ. For he forgave all our sins. He canceled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. That's why we have victory today. You see, Jesus not only died and he was placed in a tomb and there was a stone rolled over the front of the tomb and, and then they had a, a, a seal over it protecting that tomb, making sure nobody stole the body and the Roman government protected it. And then something happened. And before I get into the text of Resurrection Sunday that we'll look at today, I, I, I want to be mindful that there are some of us here today, perhaps, that you are listening to a story that maybe you don't know all the characters and you're not really sure why are people so excited? Why are all these people crazy people at this church shouting and singing and that kind of thing and as if they know everything and you know, my, my wife is not one of those people that likes TV or movies, and, uh, and yet my sons were into different TV shows and different movies, and, and my son Jeff especially loves Star Wars. And Star Wars has a number of movies, and, uh, and they, one builds on the other. In fact, there's prequels and sequels, and it goes back and forth. And if Jody walks into the room and we're watching a movie and she hasn't watched that movie, she's like, Who's Anakin and what's Darth Vader and what is going on? He's just trying to figure out the, the characters in the story. And in order to understand the story, you got to kind of walk through from the beginning and build on that story. And I recognize that some people today 
Maybe you don't know what's behind the resurrection. You don't know what the story means and all the main characters. So I, I just want to give you a little, a brief little tour so you can get caught up to speed before we read it today. Because in Genesis, which is the very first book of what we call the Bible, 66 books, there's history in that. And uh, as you walk through the Bible in Genesis, right at the beginning, there's the first two human beings, Adam and Eve, who were in relationship with God. In fact, the Bible says that they walked and talked with God. There was no separation between them and God. And God told Adam and Eve that you can't eat from one tree. If you eat from this one tree, then it will separate us. And they ate from that one tree, and that was the first time that sin was introduced to humanity. And when sin entered in, now sin didn't just separate people from God, but sin was like a virus on your computer. It was something that began to corrupt a whole bunch of other things. It began to destroy relationships. It, it made uh, dysfunction out of function. And, and even creation itself was having issues because sin entered the picture. As you go through from Genesis all the way through what we call the Old Testament, there's one main character all the way through, and it's God. You see, God follows human history, and he wants to reestablish his relationship with people. You'll even see things in the Old Testament that you go, why is that there? People are murdering people. There's rape. There's adultery. There's all kinds of murder in there. And you're like, what's going on here? It's the result of the, an original sin. And people are hurting people. And God still is loving and kind and wanting to provide an opportunity for humanity to be reconnected with the creator. And somewhere along the line, as you move along from Genesis towards the New Testament, you'll begin to hear from prophets, and those prophets would give like previews of a future day when there would be this figure called the Messiah who would come, and the Messiah, the Messiah would be the one individual that would bring it all back together again. And people were waiting for that Messiah, and finally, eventually, that Messiah came in the form of a baby, and his name is Jesus. And when you open up the Bible, if you were to open up the Bible and go to, like, there's four books at the beginning of the New Testament called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All four of those are what we call the Gospels. Those Gospels tell the story of Jesus' life from different vantage points. So it's a little bit like if you were to, to, to cover one news story and you would hear from CBS, ABC, NBC, CNN, whatever, you would get different vantage points of the same story. Well, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are inspired to tell Jesus' story from different vantage points. And it tells the life, the story of Jesus' life and how he lived a sinless life. And it's fascinating. If you've never read it, I encourage you to do it. Because you'll discover there was nothing wrong with this man. He came to touch people nobody else would. Care for others. Love and heal. But ultimately his entire purpose was to come and to die for us. For this is what we commemorated on Friday, Good Friday. When Jesus was crucified on that cross, he took the penalty of all of our sins, past present and future upon himself for us. 
He did it because he was providing a bridge back to God, a connection back to God, back to the creator. Only the creator could take the corruption on the inside and make it incorruptible. Only Jesus could take the sin on the inside and remove it so that we would be clean and as the song says, white as snow. Free from contamination. And then Jesus dies. He's put in a tomb. And this is where we roll up on Sunday morning. In Luke chapter 24, it says this. But very early on Sunday morning, the women, who's the first people that went there? Women went there? Ladies, you're in the story. Come on. Early on Sunday morning, the women went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. They were spicy. I'm just kidding. They, f- <laughs> they found that the stone had been rolled away. Why don't you repeat that for me? They found that the stone had been rolled away from the entrance. Now that stone is gone. And so they went in, but they didn't find the body of the Lord Jesus. And as they stood there puzzled, two men suddenly appeared to them, clothed in dazzling robes. And the women were terrified and bowed with their faces to the ground. And the men asked, why are you looking among the dead for someone who is alive? He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Remember what he told you back in Galilee, just that the Son of Man must be betrayed into the hands of sinful men and be crucified, that he would rise again on the third day. Those men were angels who were there, had moved the tomb out, and Jesus is alive and he's not there. And then for the rest of Christian history, we can go back to this moment And no, Jesus is not dead. He's alive. So Christians, wherever you go in the whole world, you can go to Central and South America. You can go all over. You can go to Asia. You can go to China. You can go to Europe. You can go to Africa. Anywhere you want to go, they will be celebrating today that Jesus is alive. You can go to Australia and brothers and sisters would be saying, good day, mate, Jesus is alive. And they would sing it back to each other. They would talk to each other. And for history, for centuries, people would say, he is risen. And the response would be, he is risen indeed. Some of you may know that uh, I didn't grow up in in Minnesota, I, I grew up mostly in Michigan, so I'm a Michigan Wolverine fan. And anytime I pass, another Michigan Wolverine fan will say, go blue, and the other person will say, go blue. In Minnesota, we, <laughs> we might say, skull. <laughs> skull, <laughs> you know. We might do something like that. But for Christians, we would say, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Mm. He's alive, and we share his victory. So why is the resurrection such a big deal? It's a big deal because we have hope for our lives, too. Turn to the person next to you and say, you got hope, too. See, our sin puts us behind the stone of death. We have no hope without resurrection. 
Humanity has tried to overcome the gravity of sin, the hatred of others, this hatred of self. Modern medicine and science and ingenuity have failed to stop the steady power of hurt, pain, division, and hopelessness. Philosophies and systems can only cure temporarily. All of us have barriers, stones of impossible change. We've tried to move the stone. For some, we've tried to do it through willpower, but we fail. Some have experienced Murphy's Law, where nothing seems to work. Some of us have enemies in our past and in our present that seem to be holding us back. Abusers and neglectors and resistors plunge people into a seemingly permanent tomb where the stone blocks the way out. Marriages and careers, happiness and hope can leave us stuck when we lose it. Labels can feel permanent, like the Roman seal over the tomb of Jesus. And we try to get out using all kinds of different methods. You see, there are lots of messiahs out there today. We think that through education, we're going to get out. Education's good, don't get me wrong. But it won't do what only Jesus can do for you. We think that hard work, pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps is gonna work. Attention to perfect nutrition and therapy and exercise and politics and relationships and substances to medicate, but society remains stuck behind the stone. And our endless effort can feel exhausting, frustrating, full of grief and anger, just like Jesus' body. When he died, it lay there in the tomb, no breath, no pulse, no ability to have relationships, no color. He was dead and sealed in permanently. And that can be just like us. We can lose our life and feel like there's nothing there, no pulse, where we no longer care for people. Maybe some are surviving without joy, medicating with temporary fixes, but still lacking life, lost for the future. But that's why the resurrection is good news. Jesus didn't stay in the tomb. He awakened. He knew that this moment was coming, and it wasn't just about Jesus' resurrection. It was about your resurrection. Ahead of time, Jesus had made an announcement about his friend Lazarus who had died. And he had walked up and he makes a statement in front of everyone there. This is long before his own death and on the cross. Jesus stands before a crowd and he says, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. His statement was, his resurrection is for you too. Turn to the person next to you and just say, he's talking about you too. <laughs> to believe in Jesus is to follow, to link your hopes to wherever he's going. Now, how many teenagers in the house have gotten their driver's license? How many want to get your driver's license and you can't yet? 
How many parents your insurance rates have gone up? Let me see that. <laughs> well, come on, somebody. There was a girl that got her driver's license, and she was afraid of driving in the snow. Thank the Lord the snow is going away in Jesus' name in Minnesota right now. But if you've ever driven in the snow, we've had snowstorms in the last couple of weeks, and get a little treacherous out there. And so this girl was afraid. So her dad told her, if you ever get snuck in a snow, stuck in a uh, snowstorm, she said, he said to her, don't worry, just find a snowplow and follow him. Sure enough, she gets in a snowstorm. She's freaking out. She's gripping that steering wheel. She finds a snowplow. She starts following it. Follows it, turns and turns and turns, and she's safe. Finally, the snowplow stops. The driver gets out and walks back up. He says, are you okay, honey? She says, yeah, my dad told me to, if I, I get caught in a snowstorm that I'm just supposed to follow a snowplow. He says, well, that's okay. I just finished Home Depot's parking lot. I'm about to do Walmart. So you can keep following me if you want to. When you believe in Jesus, you'll follow where he's going. He says, I am the resurrection. To revive in Latin means to live again. That there'll be an opportunity for you and I to become alive again. If we follow him, we can expect what he did to happen within us following him. He is the only one who can take the defibrillator panels to a person's life and restore the purpose, the hope, the color, the joy. I have watched Jesus take the alcoholic, the drug addict, the depressed, hopeless people who are under the control of substances and following their drug of choice like a slave to its master. And they turned to Jesus, the resurrection, and the defibrillator panels were applied to their lives, giving them a hope and a future. Come on, somebody. I've seen it in our church. There are people in this room in each of our locations who had everything in the world they could ever want. They had a perfect job that paid them thousands of dollars. They had houses and cars, influence with the elite, and yet they felt something was missing. Something was dead in their lives. And then they turned to Jesus and discovered that purpose is found only in your creator. Can I get an amen to that? And I have talked with people who are traumatized with pain and rejection or loss and grief, so much so that anger and bitterness had filled their soul and it began to show on their face. And those people turned to Jesus, the resurrection. Jesus, who had endured his own pain and his own rejection, and they looked to him and he set them free from anger. 
Jesus gets you. Come on, somebody. He is the resurrection, and he can revive anyone. There is no one that he cannot revive. He can move the impossible stones in your life. I want you to hear a modern story of how Jesus, the resurrection in life, works in real people. Sinai is a member of our church, has an incredible story. Would you say hi to hi. Sinai with me? Hi. Good morning, Emmanuel. Um, uh, happy Easter. And here's the story of, of my life and how Jesus moved the impossible stones of my life. Jesus changes everything. He does. He does. Hi, my name is Sinai Tao. And before I met Jesus, my life was a complete mess. I lived in darkness. I had a 20-year addiction to alcohol and a 10-year addiction to cocaine. The addiction to cocaine started in 2012. And between the two, like, my life just became miserable. Like, I was losing jobs. I was losing cars. Uh, I couldn't sustain housing. And then I got to the point where I just needed help. And uh, that's when I came into Minnesota Adult and Teen Challenge. And that's when I met Jesus. And, and I say I met Jesus because I knew Jesus before, but I never had a relationship with him. He was just someone that uh, my family were like, we went to church and it was just something we did. And that I never had a personal relationship with Jesus. And when I, when I was in the program, the year long program, that's when I met Jesus for the first time, I believe. And he changed everything about my life. Um, no longer was I like the angry person, you know, no longer the lying, the swearing, like all that stopped. And it was, it was amazing. It was the second day in the program when, when I felt the presence of God on me and, and I just made a decision that I'm gonna complete this year long program and I'm gonna, um, you know, I'm gonna do something for the Lord. I went to the long-term program and I spent a year there. And then I also continued to go to the Leadership Institute. And all, while all this was going on, I felt God telling me that, hey, what, I want you to work with people in recovery. So while I was in the Leadership Institute there, I enrolled at Crown College. I actually walk this May, May 13th, for my bachelor's, bachelor's in Christian ministry. And then alongside of that, which is something that's cool because my dad was in the Assemblies of God pastor, I've got, gone through the, the credentialing process and um, on April 21st, I walk as a license, I get ordained as a licensed pastor with the Assemblies of God. So God has taken me out of um, this darkness and this unhappy life that I was in, that I was coping and filling the void with alcohol and cocaine in the ways of this world. And he's, he's now using me as a light um, to, to help other people who are, you know, struggling with substance use or who are looking to find freedom and hope from addiction. And that's what, you know, Jesus has done in my life since I've met him. And, you know, I can't wait to see what the future holds for me, like I said. And, you know, having that relationship with Jesus, that changes everything. That relationship with Jesus changes everything. You know what I love about Sinai's story is he didn't just meet a program, he met Jesus. And when you meet Jesus, he does change everything. 
He starts with resurrecting us. He says, I am the resurrection. Gave him a brand new start, a fresh beginning. But he also says, I am also the life, the resurrection and the life. That word life is the Greek word zoe, and it's not just whether you're alive or dead. It has to do with the hopefulness of your life, the purpose of your life, the capacity to live. How many know you can breathe but not really be living? You could be a zombie. You could be just wandering through life. But with Jesus, the resurrection and the life, you have not just resurrection, but you have purpose for your today and your tomorrow. Life is what you are alive to. People come alive to that which excites and delights and satisfies them. That which is at the heart of their very being. One of the greatest experiences of my life was each time one of our sons was born. And I remember being there in the room and the, the moment was so spiritual and so emotional. And I remember at each of those moments that I had every reason to live with everything I had, to Zoe, to sacrifice and live to see David and Jeff and Tim and Josiah make it in this world. I was so overwhelmed with that purpose about life, it was so pure that I had that sense of Zoe, why am I living? They were born with a blank canvas, each of them were. They had not experienced rejection or hurt or pain. They were innocent in front of me. They were free from the things that rob us in life. And you were born with a blank canvas somewhere between birth and today something has happened. Perhaps you've gone through experiences of rejection or hurt or made the wrong decision. Or whatever it may have been, it might have plunged you into darkness or brought uh, life to you. Maybe you found Jesus, and Jesus changed everything for you, and it came back to life. I don't know what's happened since you were born. All I know is that's not the only time you have an opportunity. You have an opportunity right now, and Jesus will make you born again, as John chapter 3 says. You can be born again, resurrected to new life, and you can have purpose for your life. You don't have to stumble through life anymore when you have Jesus. He provides a living hope. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3. Peter says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Living hope does not die. It is not temporary because it's rooted in the eternal Sometimes our hopes are like grabbing a puff of smoke. But I want you to know that when God makes a promise, you can be sure that he will fulfill it. 2 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. So no matter if you are a Christian who trusted Jesus years ago, or a curious person who hasn't fully put your hope in Jesus yet, you can have a real living hope today. I'd like to ask you to stand right where you're at, if you would. Each of our churches and locations are doing the same thing. Perhaps you can even stand online if 
you're joining us online. Let me ask a couple questions for you today. What seems impossible for you to change? Your family? Is it your marriage? Your view of the future? Do you have anxiety or loneliness? Are you lacking that sense of security? Perhaps there's sickness or grief and you've experienced deep loss. All of those things Jesus identifies with. He took it all on himself. You are not outside the promise of hope that Jesus, the resurrection and the life can bring to you today. He's here. Is your hope behind the stone sealed off? Only a supernatural resurrection can kick the stone off and give living hope. And Jesus says today, I am the resurrection and the life. Only Jesus can move the immovable in your life. We're going to pray for two groups of people today. In fact, I'm going to ask our prayer teams to come right now. And just be available along the front. We also have prayer teams in the balcony on either side. And... Uh, some of our, our staff might need to be available as well. and Some of our elders just be available for prayer today. We're going to pray for two different groups of people today. The first group of people are, you've already believed in Jesus, the resurrection and the life. But you need a fresh touch from Jesus. You need to have stones moved because of family challenges or mental health or physical healing is needed. You may need to have the Zoe restored to your life. Get it back. We're going to have prayer for you in just a minute. But first is another group of people that are very important to me and to Jesus. If you're here today and you need to put your life in the hands of Jesus to be born again, you need him to supernaturally take over in your life. You've tried everything. You're trying and striving, and you're feeling the weight of it. But you need something bigger than you are. You need to put your faith in Jesus. You need to follow the snowplow. You need to follow the one that can lead you where you need to go. If you're tired of the weight being on your own shoulders and you holding it, Jesus says, let me take that from you. And I want to pray with you. If you need to give your life to Christ today, this is a great moment to do it. Not because you're perfect. You're like, but I don't know anything about the Bible. I take great comfort in knowing that while Jesus was on the cross, there was a thief on either side of him. And to the one that was humble and said, I don't have what it takes. Have mercy on me. Jesus says, this day you will be with me in paradise. He didn't go to Bible college. He never went to Sunday school. He didn't know the songs on the screen. He didn't know all the characters in the Bible. But because he turned to Jesus, Jesus said, I'll take you in. I'll take you in. So it's not based on whether you got it all together. In fact, he's the only one that does have it all together. Behind the stone, you can say, Jesus, I need you to make me new. Stop trying to run your own life and surrender to Jesus. 
Give him ownership over your life. You will be made new. I'd like you to just close your eyes everywhere in the room. Nobody looking around. You can bow your head. Just private moment. But if you're here today, you need to give your life to Jesus. Or maybe you once walked with God many years ago. And there's been a whole lot of things that have happened. And you find yourself behind the stone. But you need to turn around and come back to Jesus today. The resurrection and the life. You need to surrender to him and come home. Or if you've never given your life to Christ, you can do it right now. I want to pray with you. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't keep trying other messiahs. Come to the one who gave up his life for you. And he's alive and he's here today. And you need to give your life to Jesus or come back to him. No one's looking around, but if that's you, just put your hand up. Say, that's me, Pastor Nate. Yeah, 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 go ahead. Yes, 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 20, 25. Oh my goodness. Yes, 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 the balcony and the main floor. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, yes, people coming to Christ. I'm excited for you because this is the best moment of your life ever. This is your moment. Yes, 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 yes. I want to pray with you. If you raise your hand or even if I didn't see it, it doesn't matter. Jesus sees your heart and you know you need to give your life to Jesus. I want to lead you in a prayer and I want to, I want you to just pray these words out to God, but you got to mean it from your own heart. And I just believe you can be born again right now. You can be made new right now. Jesus, the resurrection and the life. I'll lead you in this prayer and just repeat these words after me. Everybody else, you can join right in say, Jesus. Thank you for loving me so much that you came to the earth. You died on the cross for my sin. And then you rose from the dead. And I know that you're alive. Today, I surrender to you. I ask you to take over and move my stone away. I want to be made new in you. Give me your life. I choose to follow you for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're going to sing. In a moment, Pastor Nathan's going to come up and give directions. If you need prayer, I don't want you to have to wait. You might want to get prayer right now. Feel free to come up. And then he'll also give directions for prayer after the service. But how many are thankful for the resurrection? You ready? Thankful for it? You can get prayer for that. Before we sing, though, I want to do something. Put your hands out in front of you like this. Now that everybody's in the kingdom, everybody's prayed that prayer. We're all together on this. I want you to imagine all of the tough stuff in your life, the barriers, your frustrations, maybe even your mistakes, perhaps it's brokenness, the, the impossible things that you can't change in your life. When they're in your hands, they're heavy and they weigh you down. It's too much, but he is the resurrection and the life. And you put it in his hands, anything is possible. I'm believing for God to heal marriages today. 
I'm believing for God to heal sick bodies today. I'm believing for God to give peace in the middle of difficult circumstances. I'm believing for God to help you lament, to walk through the difficult seasons of grief, that he would be with you on the mountaintop and in the valley. But whatever those things are in your heaven, now if we put it in God's hands, anything is possible. I lift those hands up to heaven. Just lift them up to Jesus. Jesus, we come before you today. Lord, we trust that you are not only one that was resurrected 2,000 years ago, but that you're resurrecting me, that you're re resurrecting my sisters, my brothers, that the power of God is being made known in present tense, 2023. We ask in Jesus' name that, Lord, you would resurrect and bring life to everyone under the sound of my voice. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out emmanuelcc.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into community, or to join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to do. The best is yet to come.